morning comes from the book of Mark, um, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is God's word. Thank you, Sam. Well, good morning. Uh, There's no hiding that uh, we are sinners and that we are sick and we are in need of help, especially in a season after, you know, we're in Southern California, San Diego, and uh, the last month it felt like we were on the East Coast, right? Right? Or no? Yes. Yes? Thank you. There's somebody. Come on. It's been cold. It's way cold. It shouldn't be this cold here. So it's it's freezing and... uh, feel like we're in a different century, too, because I heard, like, people are getting scarlet fever, and it's just, you know, it's crazy. So what century are we in anymore? Um, anyways, uh, would, you, would you pray with me? Father, as we uh, pick back up in the Gospel of Mark today, we pray that you would help us to know and understand and, and believe, practice, and share what we hear today with others. Above all, help us to personally trust in the person and work of Jesus today. And, and don't stop there. Move our hearts, move our minds, move our legs into every place that we go. For where we go, you promise, in Christ, you are there with us also. Amen. So, in, uh, in uh, Christian circles... The statement, come as you are, or the song, come as you are, is a David Crowder song. Am I right or wrong? Right. right. What's the album? Do you know? Oh. Neon, Neon Steeple. I actually had to look that up. I think it's called Neon Steeple. Uh, so growing up, uh, the first time I ever uh, remember hearing that phrase, come as you are, uh, wasn't by David Crowder. Uh, he wasn't singing the songs. It was, uh, it was by Kurt Cobain, actually. So, come as you are, as you were, as I want you to be, as a friend, right? I mean, super raspy voice, though. I can't, I'm not going to do it. I wasn't supposed to sing. Darn. So, Nirvana actually, weirdly, got me through some dark times. Out of all things, not a David Crowder song, a Nirvana song, um, I digress, but that was part of my teenage experience going through uh, a rough patch when a friend uh, was hospitalized, a uh, close friend, and, uh, and, 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 and what I experienced in a pretty small rural town in almost the middle of nowhere <laughs> where uh, uh, things like that don't normally happen, um, what I experienced was uh, something that I think a lot of our teens are experiencing now, very common experience. Um, that we're seeing, uh, it's not just in a social media age that that happens. It, it, it's, been, it's been happening. And can you imagine what my friend was going through? 
I, I'm not going to disclose the details because uh, we have some young years. But uh, as a teenager, you know, being hospitalized. And uh, I had some idea back then of what was going on, and I coped in the only ways that I knew how. I played guitar like crazy. I was, play I was strumming in classrooms. I was strumming in the middle of the night. Um, it, was, it was crazy. Um, and my parents were like, what's going on? Um, that was one of the ways that I kind of like coped with the, the, the pain of, of, of almost losing a friend. And, and I, I share that with you um, because neither my friend, uh, he's still alive, by the way, and he's not a Christian, but I pray for him regularly, and I hope that he'll come to faith. Um, and me, I was a church kid, and then I left the church, and then I ended up coming back to church. Um, and, you know, to be honest, it's, the church is rough. You know, churches, sometimes the, the experience in church, it can be hard. Um, and and, and, and the, there's a lot of uh, difficulties. And um, my teenage self back then was never too far gone from hearing the call of Jesus with the words, come as you are, in a Nirvana song. <laughs> but come as you are, though. And uh, what I want everyone here to know today is that wherever you are, you could be struggling right now, you could be coping in some way, you might actually be feeling pretty, pretty awesome right now. You might be on cloud nine, even though right now it's like, man, this pastor's talking about some depressing stuff. Oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, all that might be true. Or any of those things could be true right now. Any number of those things. And, and Jesus in Mark 2 is calling each of us to come to him with whatever burden that you're carrying. Lay it down. Um, until recently, I had nobody to lay that burden down. I've been carrying a burden, uh, sharing labor here. Um, and and as, as uh, one of my co-laborers is on the other side of the world. And so we're both having burdens in different places. And so it's, it's been great to celebrate another co-laborer in our midst. Uh, thank you, Adam, for, for joining the pastoral staff with, with Pastor Bob and, and, and myself. Um, it's great to have another, another person to, to share the, the load of ministry with. Um, and Jesus provides for us, right? Um, his voice can be heard no matter where you are today. I want to say nobody's too far for the grace of God. Nobody's ever too far. No one's out of reach of his healing hands. And I really mean that. I mean, that's why I brought up Nirvana. Wherever you are, I don't care if you're church, de-churched, unchurched, or rechurched. Wherever you are, whatever background you're coming to, listen to the voice of Jesus in Mark 2. Jesus, we see two radical things here in Mark 2. And... Um, you have to believe both of these things at the, at the same time. You have to hold both of them in. You have to, you have to, you have to affirm both. Um, so believe the first and the second, and the second and the first, okay? So both of these truths. Because if you don't, you only get half of Jesus. Uh, this week, I'm going to focus on the first half. Next week, the second half. So I'm going to show you the whole Jesus here. Because the whole Jesus wants to make each of us whole, too. He is a good doctor. Real quick side note, 
Our kids love the good doctor, Dr. Sean Murphy. Uh, he's uh, a doctor with autism. I don't know how many, how many people have heard of that show. Show of hands, awesome. A um, couple people, where's my water? I don't know, somewhere. Okay, thank you. So, so our, our kids are, are loving, absolutely loving uh, the, the good doctor advertisements. We've never really let them watch the show. Um, so in case you're wondering, when they see the, the advertisements pop up, uh, our youngest goes, Shawnee, Shawnee, you know, like she just really wants to know what this good doctor is all about. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so the first radical thing we see about Jesus as the good doctor uh, who's, who's calling us to come as, as, as we are is that Jesus always meets us where we are. And this is all we're going to focus on today. Jesus always meets us where we are. So I want to look at verse 13, where the, the, the subtitle in your Bible, uh, it, it might say, um, like mine does, it says, Jesus calls Levi. Jesus calls Levi. Now, Jesus calls Levi. If, as, you're, as you're hearing that, uh, some of us might be thinking that he picked up a smartphone and literally just dialed Levi, right? Hey, Levi, what's going on, Levi? Uh, how's it going? Want to get some Chick-fil-A or some tacos, right? Uh, so what, what's that about? Uh, Jesus calls Levi as a way of saying that Jesus asked him to follow him, to become a disciple, to, to follow along after Jesus. So we're reading a true story from long ago, told by Mark, verse 13. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him. And he was teaching them, verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and he followed him. So as we're, as we're reading through the Gospel of Mark, we're, we're noticing that Mark is not a man of many words in compared to other Gospels, right? Mark is one of the Gospels, Gospel writers. Uh, he's not a man of many words, but he's a, he's a man of many details. Yes or no? get a confident yes. 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 All right. So let's paint the scene here. Uh, Jesus is back at it again. He's teaching publicly. Uh, if you remember, he went off to desolate places last time we were in Mark. Uh, actually, no, paralytic. Paralytic was the last time. Um, so he's back. He's teaching public, publicly, and uh, it's still the beginning of his ministry. So it's kind of a honeymoon phase, right, uh, in, in, in Jesus's ministry. Everybody's excited about Jesus like honeymooners are. Uh, as, as the crowds are following him where he goes, he happens to go by a man named Levi. Uh, this Levi, real quick, uh, fun fact, uh, if you're into fun facts at all. Uh, Levi is the Gospel of Matthew author. Same Levi, most likely. Okay? So that's kind of cool. Uh, and before anybody freaks out, people can have multiple names in this time period. So... Uh, Thomas, Doubting Thomas, had another name. Anybody know that name? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so, Levi. I want us to focus just on Levi here. What his occupation was. Uh, what would you say that Levi did? What would you say you do here? You can say it louder. Tax collector. That's right. He's a tax collector. 
Now, what did a tax collector do? There's some jobs in the world that uh, you need to have really, really uh, thick skin, kind of uh, iron-made skin. Uh, it's a, it's a kind of occupation where you have to be iron-born to, to be a tax collector at this time period because they are hated by everybody. Ain't nobody want to be a tax collector in this time, okay? I'm going to tell you why. Um, the reason is that for his vocation, uh, his vocation, literally, what, what he was called to do was to uh, charge you for basically crossing a road or getting to a different place, right, from place to place. So he was charging you. Um, it's tax season right now. I bet many of us like tax people right now. I know one person in here who likes tax people, uh, but probably doesn't like being a tax person right now, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, I like tax people because they're you know, helping me figure out all what, what's going on here, there, all that stuff, right? Levi is not that kind of tax collector. Uh, he is the kind that charges you when you never used to get, a, get charged for that service. Uh, for example, living in California, uh, I was born and raised here in California, glad to still be in California. I was born and raised in Northern California, now we're in Southern California. Um, and uh, it wasn't until recently that I even learned that there's a, another hidden tax on flying where you just get charged for flying just because you can, essentially. Like, I mean, it's just a, another tax that if you have a free flight and you do it, you still get charged, right? So you, you type in the coupon code or whatever. Right? Some people are nodding. You've experienced that? All right, cool. Um, what is up with that? I'm not going to get into it, but what is up with that, right? Like, there's a little bit of outrage that we have at that. Um, you know, it's only uh, a small tax, but uh, I didn't used to get charged for it. Levi was that guy. Like, he's the person to blame for that new tax, okay? Uh, that was his daily job. He sits there, he punches tickets, and every day has to hear from everybody else, you're the worst, Patrick. You're the worst, okay? Anyone still with me? Hold on, because it gets worse. It gets a lot worse. Okay. Uh, wherever you are on the, on the political spectrum, depending on who's in power, you're either really happy right now or you're really mad about what's going on. So you might be really mad at, at President Trump right now, and those happy with President Trump were, were probably mad at President Obama when he was in office. And then it's reversed. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost uh, comical. But, but take that rage that you feel right now or that you felt in the past. I'm going there. Some people are like, oh my gosh, you went there. I'm going there right now. Um, take that rage, take that frustration that you feel that's probably pointed at one of those presidents. And I want you to dump all of that onto Levi right now, okay? Poor Levi. <laughs> Just dump all that rage onto him because he was uh, kind of like a shark, you know, like a, a, a crook in a sense in terms of his job, uh, how he worked. Uh, some people say that he worked for the Roman government at this time, uh, but after hours of looking and wasting far too much time geeking out trying to figure out what's going on here, uh, I realized that... Uh, it was probably Herod Antipas, uh, uh, who was one of Herod's three uh, sons, currently in power. Nobody could change that. And so everybody took that same outrage that maybe you feel today about President Trump, or maybe you felt about President Obama, 
or that same outrage that you have against new flight taxes, like I have, um, whatever it is that your pet peeve is, take that rage directed right at Levi, uh, because he is the government that you're upset with. And not just the government, this guy is leveraging his job for the government to make money off of your losses. How do you feel about Levi right now? Is he a cool guy? You want to hang out with him? Anybody? Who wants to hang out with Levi? No hands. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Levi's a punk, right? All right. So Jesus has this crowd following him, and uh, his teaching's so great. But then he stops at this tax booth. He invites a ta- tax booth guy, tax collector, to come follow him. And you're going, what in the world, Jesus? Why are you doing that? Not him. Not the tax collector of all people. Can't be that guy. Not that president. Not my president. Whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I could jump from this side of the road to this side of the road. Cross, right? From this side of this t- part of town in Capernaum to the other side uh, for free. And now I have to pay a tax on it. And that guy, Levi, is the problem. California, come on now, I gotta pay for my flight. What's up with that? It's unethical. Uh, But look again at how Jesus deals with our sworn enemy. I want you to think about who who your sworn enemy is, whoever that is. Maybe it's me right now, because you're like, I'm having a hard time following along. Am I your sworn, sworn enemy? Follow along with me, stay put. Whoever that is in your mind, verse 14, He saw Jesus sitting at the tax booth, and he says, not what I would have said to him. I don't think not what any of us in this room would have said to him. Not what the crowds would have said to him. But Jesus says something that is so unlike how we or the crowds would have responded. He says, like he says to any kind of person we get so mad at, so angry with, calling names like basket of deplorables on the political left and bleep holes on the political right. Levi's expecting it. Jesus doesn't shout at Levi. He doesn't make fun of Levi. He doesn't belittle or badger Levi or beat him up. He's expecting it. It's what, it's what he hears every day as a tax collector. He is, he's literally the worst I mean, people, that's how he's treated every day at his job, okay? What he hears is essentially, you crook, I hate you, you're taking my money, you're a good-for-nothing, low-life tax collector. Doesn't feel very good to to hear all that. With all the expletives, too. And so his self-worth is probably, let's say, how high? Is it 100 or zero? Zero. It's very low. Um... And so maybe he, he could live with that because it was a good paycheck. He worked for those in power, um, after all. But I'll bet that it didn't make it easy for Levi to live with himself in that, at least inside. And so in the midst of all that shouting and that rage and that anger and that hostility and really that shadiness, when you think about it, Jesus says something that is very calm and is so different. And it's so radical. And it's a different word for, for Levi. And he says this. He says, follow me. 
follow me, Levi. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I hear the sound of Jesus in that calm, radically different word, I get up out of my chair and I go walking too. I don't know about you. It's a calm voice in chaos. The volume of the world turns down. The voice of Christ shoots on up. Gets louder and louder. All the words of harm and hurt and pain and loss and confusion and distortion and frustration, those, those sounds get softer. And, and, and the sounds of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, patience, get louder and louder. Renewal. So come as you are because Jesus sees you as you are. He knows where you are. And he says, I see you, I hear you. I want you to know me. Follow me. Besides me, there's no other God. Like we, we just read together. Besides me, there's no other God. Besides b- before, below, or above me, you'll never be happy. You'll always be empty. You'll still be empty, but I can change that forever, Jesus says. I can change that. Do you hear the voice of Jesus calling you this morning? It's a softer voice. So Levi, what does he do? He gets out of that office chair where he once sat, where he had a lot of bad days, had a boss who hated him, had a world that was mad at him, had a life that was worthless, had been taking advantage of everyone else around him, had been stuck in that, trapped in that. He knew it. They knew it. But Jesus didn't care. So he gets up and he follows Jesus. What else could he do? What else would you do? Leaves that security, that prosperity behind, the life of comfort and ease associated with those in power, all for freedom by association in Christ. As we sang earlier, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't cure. Wonder, come home, you're not too far. Come as you are. Because the first thing is, Jesus always meets us where we are. He meets us as we are. He is the God who in Christ enters weakness and humanness. And he's a God who gets dirty to seek and save that which is lost. I'm going to stop there. Next week, we're going to talk about the second thing, which is uh, Jesus never leaves us where we are. Pray with me. Awesome. Father, we, we thank you so much for giving us a different word in Jesus. It's a softer, gentler word that sounds so different as we're thinking about how Levi responded to how you Consider us where we are, how you treat us when we're so mistreated and we're so unlistened to and people don't seem to care. And yet you care for us, Father. In Christ, you care. You care so much that you entered 
into our space and time. Limited as a 30-something-year-old man. It's amazing just to marvel, to stop on that and to think about the human limits that Jesus had. Father, help us to slow down our hurried pace of life. Help us to see, Father, not with our eyes, but to see with our ears. Help us to listen to your voice, to hear the sounds of a gentle, good shepherd, a good leader, a very good doctor. Father, we thank you so much that that is who you are in Christ. And that's who you're inviting us today to know and to trust and to believe. Father, I pray for, for anyone here who, like me, is finding ourselves in your story, caught up in the fact that Jesus cares for me, cares for you, cares for us. Father, I pray that you would help us, Father, to, to, to hear your voice and to respond to it and follow you. Amen.